commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright side of the galaxy, I'm Grace Comdack in Innocent Decor World News, your holiday service providing that coverage of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to our special review of Tales of the Jedi. We now go live to the CWN newsroom to join your hosts, Ben and Grant, for their review of Tales of the Jedi. All right, thank you very much, Grex. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Core World News. Uh, this week, uh, Adam wasn't able to join us here uh, floating around in the uh, galaxy's core on our space station. He, uh, I think it was an asteroid maelstrom, um, and he's stuck in it. He's got to just ride it out. So we'll see him next week. Uh, but for now, we got a brand new thing out of Lucasfilm, Tales of the Jedi. So... It's very uh, Filoni. It's like see, we got six vignettes. Pretty much feels like same animator, same score writer for Bad Batch and Clone Wars. And um, yeah, and directed by Dave Filoni. Um, but it's this new titled thing, Tales of the Jedi. Um, These which are actually the, the doodles he was doing on Mandalorian season one that just they were like, <laughs> let's turn this into a series. This is great. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean the whole the whole fall of Count Dooku? Let's we can cover that in a series in three 15 minute episodes. <laughs> and that's exactly what uh, what uh, Dave Filoni does here. And it's actually exceptional, exceptional work, like really deep study of sort of Dooku's fall and seeing the centrality of the Jedi and the core and the Republic and how they've left these these worlds to die and. And kind of like showing his separatist leanings early, like earlier than his fall, almost like just seeing the sort of corruption yeah. of the Republic. Was it? Cor- yeah, I mean, it's and, and, on- the, and the, the, the the dedication to rules sort of corrupting the Jedi, yeah. and like you kind of really get a fun insight into Dooku in those three episodes that I really liked. So yeah, the Dooku stuff was my favorite by far because i mean we, i mean seeing jedi dooku is really cool they've already um i think hasbro's making a jedi dooku lightsaber because it's a it's different than his sith lightsaber um, and it's a cool design so that's cool. right it so, is it's cool uh yeah it is it's very cool just you know those sort of you know bizarro um switches there but his relationship with uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, um, you, you really get a sense of that. And it's like it's an organic turn where it's just sort of it comes from a place that you're really, I think, um, you know, like empathetic to, it, you know, like sympathetic to. Like he's you, you, it's coming from a place where he's like, this place is so corrupt. This guy's killing his own people. We are protecting the people of the galaxy. And this one guy is just like in Tensely, you know, one senator's crazy, just like gone crazy with selfishness and power, like power hunger. And he's like, and he just, it makes him mad. And Jedi's aren't allowed to do that. But we see yeah. that here. And, but it feels, you know, I don't know that I would act any different in that situation. Right. It's fascinating. You do there. They do try. Uh, Dave Filoni does try to generate sympathy for Count Dooku um, in the kind of first couple episodes. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the, the third one where you really. The third one featuring Dooku, where you kind of see his his full turn and all that sort of stuff, but it's sort of off screen. Though there's still a blind spot for us as, yeah. as the audience and the viewer in that we don't see 
how Dooku sort of meets Palpatine, how they first form their relationship, right. how that is all built out. It's kind of just in secret he's been doing this in the third episode, given his trajectory in the first two. And you're kind of like, oh, he's already allied with the Dark Lord. And well, what's so haunting about that episode is basically his his fall is complete when Qui-Gon dies. Yeah. Uh, is kind of what Filoni writes there. And uh, yeah. so like what an incredible moment to first yeah. to get that tree and be like, you know, uh, it was it, Qui-Gon was born, you know, on Coruscant. He marveled at this tree because he's only known this like steel and, you know, a concrete yeah. city. And it's, it's just so touching, like really, really touching stuff and just really tragic for Dooku. Um, so I thought that was all great, but I mean, and I think the overall, this, this kind of overall story here of, of what this whole Tales of the Jedi, this season one is all about, like, is I guess sort of the ripple effects of Dooku's actions and how that eventually leads to Ahsoka's, you know, turmoil and her life basically. And, you know, the, obviously the, the plans and the clone, the clone wars and all that stuff is Dooku's doing right with Palpatine. So right. And Ahsoka suffers from that, the fallout of that, her master's lost to it, all this kind of stuff. So you're kind of that's kind of what this first season tries to do, but I, I would say doesn't really connect the dots in a way that like is that yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's there's kind too of like, few dots. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, yeah. he covered he tried to cover so much ground in just three episodes, and but they're fun. They're fun, Star Wars. They're moody and they're slow and um they're, they're like very different pacing than a lot of Clone Wars. Um, but there are the moody, like, Clone Wars episodes, and I like those the best. So there, these, you know, it takes times on his scenics and his wide shots and people getting to where they're going, and um, the conversation is sparse and meaningful, and um, it's good. But, yeah, I, these. so I really like the, the Dooku stuff, and then uh, I had a, I just, I didn't like the Ahsoka stuff. <laughs> Like so, you get three three X, and we should probably rehash the the Dooku stuff at some point. But just because I'm talking, well, the, the Dooku stuff, it's like you see kind of his first fade into, or one of his early fades into using the dark side, um, which we know from the books, um, right? That uh, that you know this was happening, you know, mm -hmm. quite a bit, like where he would have a thing and he would sort of lose it and lose his cool. And then the this middle chapter was a little more um, subtle because I think it, the main point of that chapter was that like he didn't stop doing this. It kept happening over and over again. And he was up for a place on the council, the Jedi Council, a seat on the council, and he was passed over for Mace Windu. And like that was like it, that seemed to be the straw that that drove him towards mm -hmm. the emperor, I guess. Um and then then we see his ultimate sort of real fall to the dark side where he had been involved. And then then he was 100 percent in. I mean, technically, he could have been seduced by like, if you do these things, this is what's best for the galaxy, blah, blah, mm. blah. But like what happens in the final scenes there? So that makes sense as kind of like a trilogy. Like, I, I get that. The Ahsoka stuff, I just felt like he picked three sort of random time periods there. We get her birth and she tames a tiger in the forest as an infant, um, which is cool, but I, I didn't ever needed to hear that story. And then the second one, it was like, yeah, Anakin's a tough teacher. Okay. And then the third one I had massive problems with because I'm a big fan of EK Johnson's, um, Ahsoka novel. 
and he sort of retconned it and simplified it uh, for mass market, I guess, but in doing so alienated some characters that were actually representative of some minorities. Um, and it was like, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff online um, talking about that and we can talk about that more later. But anyways, it, I just felt like the Ahsoka stuff was a little haphazard and I couldn't draw a line between those three moments uh, at all, really. Yeah. I know there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, upset about that. Um yeah, but just speaking of those first two episodes, because I think it's really that third one that is most problematic for um, fans. But um, the the first two I thought were were fun and just perfectly illustrate that uh, Ahsoka Tano might be the most uh, sort of uh, I would say like adept Jedi um, that's ever been trained. Like she's one of the best ever. You know, like she's, yeah. She's been, she's has the highest senses, like Tara Sanube's drills, Anakin's drills, like nothing can stop her. She's, she's just, I think, trained with so much dedication and for so long. And, and she's just, she's one of the best Jedi out there. And for me, I've always just always wanted like a, her in a video game. Like, I think she would be a great yeah. character to center, to make the centerpiece for a sort of video game experience because she's. I just love all her moves. I think she's one of the coolest looking Jedi. Like I love her lightsabers. I love her combat style. I love like I just think she's such a fun action Jedi for yeah. any sort of action sequence. So yeah, the design's um, beautiful. Togruta's yeah. are beautiful. Like yeah, it would just yeah, it would, it look would pop awesome. on a game too. Like wow. yeah, I mean we we talked about um, Jedi um, Fallen Order. Like uh, she would have made a great character, main character for that um, video game. Yeah. Um, as yeah, she's interesting. Like navigating the world but um, now it would be almost like a detective thing you know if we get her when she has her lightsabers back the white lightsabers then um it would be pretty cool but um yeah i mean yeah you're right that the middle one is great i mean yeah it's sort of like all right ahsoka's awesome in the first episode ahsoka's awesome in the second one because she's so earnest and such a good student and like and and works harder than everyone and I mean, the, the idea of being Anakin Skywalker's like Padawan is a cool idea, right? It's like, man, she learned from from the chosen one, like taught her, which is, yeah. you know, one Padawan, unless they bring Skykiller back in there. Um, I think that's what's so iconic. That's like almost what's so iconic about her character is that she was trained by Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so much story that you can then churn out of that yeah. for any sort of... um I guess, interstitial, uh, you know, almost near original trilogy sort of era storytelling. There's so yeah. much you could do there. Listen, I love this. Or just the entire like, original trilogy. Like, what is she doing during the original trilogy? Like, yeah. Well, it's it's convoluted because, like, she time jumped for a while. And I don't really understand. It was like in the in in actually within the four years of Rebels, she was sort of like sucked out of time. Yeah, but that sort of doesn't that all take place sort of but just before A New Hope? Yeah, just before it. And then, yeah. yeah. So there's a time it's like she has a very short period that's covered. And then she's not going to search for Ezra until after the Galactic Civil War. Like, yeah. Okay, so what's she doing during the original trilogy? Right, right. To me, there's so much story to mine there. And Vader to be interested with her as well as Luke, you know, like there's something Mm -hmm. else there. You know, I don't know. There's something. Yeah, there's something there. She was doing something, right? And um, 
we don't really know because she kind of I guess she was she was with the rebels right when the rebellion started right or did she know she had gone away yeah yeah what's she doing She's like yeah, a, that rogue Jedi with uh, infinite abilities and infinite compassion. I mean, I think that's what saves her as an infant, right? Is her compassion, um, which was yeah, it was like her mother. She's now being her. built into kind of the traveling swords swordsman sort of yeah. character. As yeah, I'm my read on the characters at this point. Yeah, the sort of like best trained Jedi turned Ronin who's like just traveling from town to town and you know do trying to do do good at the same yeah. time just protect the weak you know so doing what she's done she's always done in the clone wars which is just throw her heart into the mix of everything she does and sort of protect yeah 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 she definitely has her own ethos and by the time yeah. we see her in the mandalorian she's it, it seems like it's really taken shape and then you know by the time she's going on her quest as we see in the epilogue of um uh rebels you know she's in like she looks like gandalf oh yeah that's right and that could be a time jump to this mando era too i think people forget that is that the end of rebels could be in the mandiverse time you know like seven years post return of the jedi you know yeah oh yeah this is interesting to contemplate what when that could take place but uh again i'm pretty forgiving when it comes to canon so i'm sure you know and who knows maybe dave filoni is going to mitigate you know uh, sort of not going with the, some of the established canon, and uh, but 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 sort of make amends later in the show that he's directing right this instant. You know what I mean? Like that he's probably in post for right now. Like there could be scenes in there that uh, that hopefully make up for that and add to representation, and you know show off. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think Ahsoka is a bad character. I do think like. Dave really leans on his own characters, probably because he has to. He knows he's got full latitude with them. And if he wanted to use any other character or create a new one or something, it's either a lot of work or there's a lot of red tape around what you can do with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, yeah, I mean, th- my thing, and this is so everyone's got their gripes and they're all valid, um, you know, their criticisms, you know. So E.K. Johnson's Ahsoka novel is fantastic. You should definitely read it. Um, and it covers this exact period. She's sort of hunted by a, a um, a, uh, what are they called? Not inspector, uh, inquisitor. Inquisitor. Right. And then she has to team with some people, saves them along the way. Um, then Bail Organa inserts himself and, um, sort of through him, uh, he convinces her to, to go join the rebellion. And so it's the exact same thing. It's a different inquisitor, um, and what we do, you know, and cool things happen where she, her new lightsaber is taken from the two red crystals made clean again as like, you know, Darksiders sits, take regular crystals and, and bleed them to make them red. She heals the crystals and then that turns them white. And that's why she has white sabers um, later in her career. So like it, it, they're parallel stories, but um, I don't know. He just sort of steamrolled what was already a thing. And my problem with that is like i agree with what lucasfilm did i think that you know they needed to say okay as of now we're starting over there's legends and there's canon and legends is all i mean canon is all going to be uh synchronistic you know and um we're not going to overlap and you know and legends will pull in as we can we'll allude to them we'll work around them to keep the the stories alive so we don't you know whatever and then just to have 
cannon just be blatantly steamrolled, but twice really. It's not just this story. He did it uh, with Ahsoka in um, season seven. There were some minor, um, minor retconny things that happened, and I'm just like, well, just play. But you know, you made these rules. Play by these rules. Mm-hmm. Now, the the way that you get around this, the mental gymnastics you have to do. Is these stories are myth, and you know, it's they're two different points of view, and these, you know. The story of of Ahsoka joining the rebellion is mythological, and this is just a tale. It's not necessarily the truth. You know, the real thing happened in E.K. Johnson's novel, and this is just sort of like a abridged sort of you know tale about what's happening. But aren't there other? This is, this stories? is a broader discussion yeah. about canon, though, and the sort of pliability of canon, and yeah, how willing we are to let canon sort of stretch its legs and do other things, and and explore you know new story details in the same you know period of time as another story detail had already occurred or been you know. right but i think having one real history is really important to star wars i think it it sets it apart from other you know series and um yeah i just think it's a, it's kind of important to have going forward and then there are rules and everything's sort of following it every all the content that's come forth on canon has been really compelling and interesting. And um, I love the expanded universe too. I'll always cherish his stories, but I'm okay with them being like, those are legend stories. I feel like, I feel like Lucasfilm has been very reverent to those stories. They haven't blatantly steamrolled a lot of that, except for not killing Chewie, which I appreciate. Um, And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of good things going on there, but But yeah, I know they're like adhering to canon in, in bringing Yaddle back for this like massive, you know, send off as, as being like the sort of Jedi that finds out about the conspiracy before everyone else. And yeah, and that's, that's, that's a real tribute to canon. We all, I'm a, I'm a prequel fan. I loved Yaddle, you know, when I saw those films, I was like, what is this? This is not Yoda. And so. It's a woman Yoda. I'm a mate. This is awesome. You know, I, I, what's her story? I was just, I loved that. It was great to get a Yaddle story. Just, yeah. It was great. And so yeah. it's just fun that it's funny that they'll adhere to canon for some things, but then just rewrite the bits that are perfectly fine other places and just not be, you know, being unforgiving about that. It's, it's kind of strange. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that, I think you're onto something in that it's a beloved book and that it's a great story and it's, you're already going to use the white sabers uh, in men in Mandalorian. Why not just continue honoring the book in every yeah. regard in every series that you make? Yeah. So I just, yeah. yeah. It's why introduce this gray space where it's just sort of like, so are you following things unless you don't want to, or everyone else has to follow the rules except for Dave Filoni or like, like that, that's just grinds my gears a little bit. It's a little salt into the mix. And, um, you know, to have to do that mental gymnastics is a bummer. I love, you know, I think canon should be canon. And maybe we'll find out, like, Visions mm-hmm. is not canon, right? It's mm-hmm. like Legends. Yeah. Um, Visions were cool, too. So maybe this is more, the tales are going to be treated more like like Legends or uh, like Visions was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, it's like there's so many stories to tell. Like, you had to, you had to do that one, Dave. Like, this felt this felt very canonical though. Like it felt like a lot of the Dooku stuff felt like like some of the missing groundwork that we've all wanted to see for a long time. Yeah. So it did feel like a pretty solidified canon. But again, that last the Ahsoka episodes, I would argue, kind of. I you could have almost say started with the Dooku six parter. 
Like I almost feel like a Duke yeah. six parter minus the Ahsoka stuff would have been a good place to start. But maybe Dave Filoni is planting some seeds and creating some some origin groundwork for the show, right? That he's that he's making right now. So yeah, know, that's all I can think of too. Which yeah. is like, what a luxury he has to be able to be like, okay, I'm gonna you know backfill some story with this other animated series for my live action series. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah. she has to be like jumping around like Spider Man then, and in this in the series because like that's yeah. that's kind of what he, that's setting up with this character over and over again is her how she survived the Clone Wars was due to this kind of like really prolific training in terms of yeah. like the saber uh, deflection and all that sort of stuff and like are we gonna see oh. that again? It's like it almost like if you truly gonna fall in the footsteps of George you get it's like you gotta make it rhyme somewhere so it's like yeah. in the series she's gonna do something else like that again where she's encircled you know yeah like, like her be- whole thing is being encircled and getting out of there and also yeah. healing the the darkness like you said she's and- done it several times she was encircled by death watch um Mandalorians in one scene and uh cut everyone's head off in one move <laughs> which yeah. is wild but uh yeah she's she gets she gets she's good at getting she's encircled yeah and yeah yeah and fighting out of it i mean she's amazing she's a great character and super fun to watch i can't wait to see rosario dawson play yeah. oh, what's going on in that series it's I'm gonna be awesome. that series i hear great things about that series it's gonna be good yeah. I, I really hope so i mean after andor you know they've they've really got to keep their it's got to be good because it's you know that yeah the, story and the plot and the script is so tight on andor um totally yeah, yeah we talked about this we talked about this i mean like what is the strategy going forward given how the quality of andor is just yeah. so high that whatever show comes in like we were like before this before our recording today we were like well mando season three definitely has to dig into the children of the watch and and mandalore and all that lore and the culture because you know andor has raised the bar it's basically not afraid to dig in on politics culture philosophy and all this stuff and uh, at this point, it can't just be drifters helping helping yeah. the village. It's got to be a lot that's, more. That's the way I think it should be. Just get great storytellers, give them a good production manager to keep them on the rails, Star Wars wise, and then and just let them make a good story and do do their thing, um, and just make good make good content um, and and adapt it. Uh, yeah. It's it, it's fun to see what he did because you know Tony Gilroy's like this is the only story I'm gonna tell and you know Kathleen was like that's the one great we'll do that and it doesn't matter like you know you're confident in it because you know it's good and you're an excellent you know scriptwriter so go and I think that's right. what they're trying yeah. to do but they're trying to get new blood in there as well like simultaneously getting people like younger in the industry to come in and but then also give them that sort of lead yeah. I am excited for the precedent that this sets up this Tales of the Jedi series because we could do Tales of the Jedi for, you know, every trilogy and every, you know, era, basically. And I would love to just dive into some ideas for what future Tales of the Jedi episodes we could see. Let's go. I have have one name. Can I throw it out? Sure. Yeah. Who? Who? Snoke. Snoke. Yeah. Oh, the Snoke trilogy would be great. I would love Kylo's fall all in a three-parter Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, I, I would too. That. And again, this is me, like, because that we saw that in a five-part um, comic, and I don't want to steamroll that. because Yeah, awesome, but I wouldn't mind. But again, if this is a place where canon is, is flexible and we can yeah. kind of really stylize pieces or whatever, I, yeah. I, 
obviously, hopefully there's we continue to be have representation and instead of nullifying those story decisions. But uh, if, if we could do, if we could just, you know, express more of that story, that could, yeah. be, you know. I'd like, I'd like to see Kylo Ren's first day with first, with the first order. Yeah. It's that'd like be- what is first like thing is like introduction. Like how do you, okay, now we have this enforcer. Like how is he introduced? And then like, how does he behave? And, how does the first order like respond to him? Yeah, totally. That'd be fantastic. That'd be cool. I mean, Leia's Jedi training gets such a brief glimpse yeah. of that in yeah. uh, Rise of Skywalker. It'd be fun to get a three-parter. Yeah, I'm going to do this training with Luke. What does it mean? What does it mean for me to be a Jedi? More of Leia being a Jedi. Yeah. Because guess what? If you just do more of Leia being a Jedi, I think it just it it exponentially helps the films and helps a lot of what's been set up in the sequels and, and that stuff. So if you just do more of that, I think that's really smart. Yeah. Really if, cool. if we got Leia, like right after, um, agent Kloss, um, sort of right after she's yeah, been like training getting back into politics and like having all the fresh Jedi training in her mind and seeing yeah. how the political bodies work and trying to get her way in the, the Senate, you know, like, yeah, it could be so interesting. This is the stuff I really thought the sequel trilogy was going to be made of that sort of stuff, like yeah. politics V Jedi, but like sort of after the rekindling of the Jedi, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. How do we establish the Jedi and have it, you know, uh, uh, um, sort of um, work alongside politics or the political yeah. body, but like in a good way where it doesn't become all consuming and corrupting and, create all these rules and it becomes process oriented versus people oriented to use some yeah. of our yeah. Oh, work. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah we kind of, it's, it becomes a little too process oriented back in the day. And so yeah. maybe it wants, maybe it needs to be more people oriented. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they haven't come out and said it, but I think what they did was a complete separation of church and state. It was just, yeah. you know, Luke is going to do his thing, and the New Republic is going to do that. That, that's that's the show I want, though. What you're talking about is yeah. the show I want. I want to know how that all forms right. again, and 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 how people are heeding caution about what happened before. You know, and like, yeah. oh, the Jedi attacked and uh, you know maimed the Chancellor, who then created an empire. Like, the Jedi aren't looked at in the best light when you when right. you reform that school. Like, there's just so much to work with there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it it's yeah it's great like I would love a whole sort of spinoff series of that whole oh, man they could do that too post sequel trilogy where they're viewed as a threat by a lot of the galaxy as they're forming like they're just like a splinter you know religious cult right that's yeah. coming up now and it's like all they know is like are they going to come for revenge like people don't understand the Jedi and what they're about totally um, there's so much there yeah. to work with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love that. You know, and if it's Tales of the Jedi and it has to be Jedi characters, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, maybe continue with Ahsoka during original trilogy. Maybe Yoda. No more Ahsoka, please. No more. No more Ahsoka. No, there's so many Jedi. Come on, give me a Plo Koon. Uh, like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah Plo Koon. We got some Plo Koon. We saw a little bit of Plo Koon. This not done. Not as much. Chiati Mundi leads the uh, Jedi funeral ceremony and is wearing some more like some cultish sort of garb. I was like, wow, that's full cultish Jedi right there. Yeah, but, yeah, I love that. I love that call. That's cool. Like, give me a Kiyoti Mundi trilogy. Yeah, like, I think on, man. I still want Mace Padawan days. Mace, like yeah. that would be a great story. Honestly. You know he's a handful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So many fun things I would I would love to see. 
Um, yeah. Um, even um, more about um, Quinlan Boss. Yeah. Because so give him some more animated time. He's a fun character. That would be fun. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There's no real other Jedi that stick out to me. Like Sifo Dyas's story, but like again, oh. kind of got that. But yeah, it's Clone buried War. in Clone Wars. It's a yeah. fascinating arc, and I, I I struggle to remember it. But yeah, for those who don't know, Sifo Dyas, you know, that was the name given to the cloners. But he was. Yeah, he had gone a little crazy and um, and he was he came up through the ranks with Dooku and Dooku used him um, as sort of a, a proxy to to start the Clone War, the, the, the clone production. And then he just locked him up just like, you know, what? I'd kill like him, to... but he locked him up. And like, that's what when he in this episode, when he's talking to him, he's like, Psycho Diaz, like, how many more things do I have to do for you to prove to you? Um, you know, he, he has, yeah, Sifo in a cage somewhere in Serrano or something. Tales of the Jedi is a fun way to do like these little, like canonized sort of like these little three, three episode arcs for like anyone, basically yeah. any Jedi in history. I would love to see like a Targvisla sort of like, yeah, I'd love Mandalore that. Jedi, you know, Darksaber three episode short animations like that just explain that guy. That's a big movie. story, though. I need a six episode. You, know, you need like a movie. You need like a trilogy. I need a, yeah. Or a live action. Wait, we didn't even talk about the Damon Lindelof sort of like takeover of the, the next film. Like, oh, we haven't yet. Yeah. yeah. Breaking news. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Breaking news. Turns out Damon Lindelof is uh, is going to be writing the next film, I guess. Next trilogy. Next and it's going to be single sequel film. trilogy. It's going to be post sequel trilogy. It, yeah, it's post sequel trilogy. It's one film for now, but it could be more. Um, but they're not saying trilogy outright right now. Do you know why that's so great? Is that the aesthetic in the sequel trilogy is really cool, and it's like I really like the smooth, like Apple product looking stormtroopers and all that stuff. Um, but like, it's almost too well lit. Like, I would almost like a new approach to that. Yeah. You know, just uh, in terms of the cinematography and the lighting, like just like a little darker, a little bit more tone, a little bit more, I don't know, like just a new way to highlight some of that stuff. Some of that tech. I have a feeling they would still like have the first order, like lurking around as sort of like a, you know, still a, a rogue military, um, freelance military, um group you know in that i mean i'd love it if they weren't and they just created new big bads and all that but i just have a feeling like they'll want to have stormtroopers in um the galaxy far and far away and there'd still be some around somewhere yeah i mean it's not star wars without some sort of stormtrooper design kind of i mean it could be though right uh, but or it's a new stormtroopers or new troopers or you know so it's somebody in helmets. Right. Do, do we think the original cast is coming back or is it all new cast they said it could possibly include new cast so it's, this is probably one of those super early 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 yeah, yeah, announcements yeah. that but i think they're gonna try what's the uh, idea i mean like what could be the villain here like a, a rogue snoke you know fetus like that's like going crazy <laughs> like is it uh is it uh abeloth like is it the whispers like when the tree in the last jedi i swear you hear like a woman whispering to ray yeah. and i was like who is this what's going on here yeah it'll uh, be grogu like fully dark. I mean, yeah, this could too. be like Grogu's adventures <laughs> with Ray, which could be great. Uh, yeah, if it was if he's light side, but like uh-huh. the, 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 the again, I'm like think Grogu's gonna be dark side. 
to me, this is a chance to like bring Thrawn in and do heir to the empire and kind of like the, you know, the, the emperor was just the doorstop for the main big bad to come back into the whole thing. And Thrawn comes in and maybe there's even like a, yeah, maybe we do like an heir to the empire sort of thing. Honestly, yeah. Thrawn must be a million. And why not call that heir to the empire? Cause then you have a guy who was given the keys to the empire and then, a woman, a woman who is the bloodline of the emperor himself, basically. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, the cleaner heir to the empire than anything else. Yeah, there's a lot of fertile stuff there, um, and I, I'd love to move forward in time and have a new feature that, like, I don't know what's going to happen or who the good guys are, or the bad, or you know, um, yeah, just have and cover some new ground. It would be super fun. So that's going to be a good, good flick. I'm thinking Thrawn. That's what I'm thinking. Thinking Thrawn's be, coming back in a old. big way, and that means a a level talent writing Thrawn. That means yeah. big Thrawn film. That means the Mandoverse culminating into this like giant event film. Yeah, this film could be what what um, Damon Lindelof's been called in for, or something. You know, like that could yeah. be what it is. Yeah. That's that's fascinating. Saga level stuff, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Thrawn would be old. He'd be real. I don't think. Chis, I mean, I don't know Chis, if Chis, Chis, Chis age differently. Yeah, they 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 live, I think, longer than uh, than humans, and they. Yeah, or they could easily make that the case, but um, yeah, he'd definitely be in his autumn, um, you know, thirty years after. Uh, return. I mean, for like a tactician, that's perfect. Yeah, and he was he did rank up quickly young, so like they can do the gymnastics there. On and the whole where's Thrawn thing is pretty beat over the head in Mandalorian. Like, yeah, he's gonna be a big deal for the galaxy. They get um, what is it? Is it? It's not Charles Dance. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, you're right, Tywin Lannister. Ty- yeah, Charles Dance is as like so you would good. be like that age. How but... is he not Thrawn? That's such yeah. good casting. It's unreal. Um, just did you just think of that right now? That's yeah, but I'm like, that's the age, like the you know, just like an assassin who's like well into you know, has a lot of gray hair. Oh, so good. I don't think we can top that. That's that's a perfect that's a perfect casting call right there. Right on the masterpiece, as Saw would say. <laughs> um, great. I'm trying to think, I'm looking through my notes right here. Um, yeah. Oh, just um, I think uh, I think, I think Count Dooku is safely an antihero after this. These three episodes, he's not a villain. Like, yeah, he's an antihero. That's yeah. what he is, kind of after these episodes. Yeah, but when you execute Yaddle, yeah, when you kill Yaddle, that's that's a tough look. That's a tough look. It, like, I mean, that's the dude. This this these six episodes were dark, real dark. Yeah. You know, even like watching animals die in the first episode. I don't know if I'm just getting like soft on that, but like, I'm like, okay, they're killing animals, but then like, yet she convinces the saber tooth tiger to, which is you know a metaphor in and of itself to like yeah. be friendly to the, to them, like even though like he, it was being hunted and like yeah, I don't know, I don't know, it was dark. And then that last ep- or the the last Dooku episode was extremely dark because you're you know you're rooting for Yaddle. It's the most Yaddle I think we've ever got. Um, yeah. And she was like right there when they she was in the room, weren't you? I was just like run away, just run away. If she just like runs and tells someone and gets back up rather than confronting two dark lords, 
Like she was thinking about it. She was thinking about it, but she instead yeah. she, she's like, "I'm a Jedi. I act." Yeah, it was kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but that might be a kind of microcosm of the downfall of the Jedi, right there. Yeah. The sort of like, oh, I will fight the Sith. The hubris. I, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I want. I don't want to accuse her of hubris, but it was just more of like. I think she did want to make that difference for the good more than like anything else. Yeah. So if know. she thought she could turn Dooku back to the light, then, um, you yeah. know, then like she, he yeah, did that's a done deal. She could just work on Dooku and turn him to fight the Emperor. Right. Yeah. She doesn't know what, who the guy in the hooded thing is. Yeah. And like, she, you know, he didn't even have to step in. Um, yeah. There was a great moment when she does lift the door and the light comes in and kind of bl- yeah. like is blinds uh, the Palpatine. Or it's harsh. Yeah, yeah that, that was fun. That was a good little symbolism there. Yeah, they gave her a hero moment, um, which was good, but it was short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like it's just laying there lifeless on the ground and then Dooku just final like, final blow right there. That was finisher. Yeah. brutal. Yeah, they're like less you think. And then the episode just like lingers on a wide of like the smoking Yaddle body. I was just like, yeah, this is dark. Like, this is a rough episode. Yeah. I mean, that might have been why they used the uh, Ahsoka episode. I did cry in the episode in these episodes, though. Where do do you know where I like, do you know, got emotional here in these ones? I mean, Yaddle's death didn't do it for you? No, the Yaddle's death surprisingly didn't get me. I'm thinking. Um, I wonder if you also got the feels in this part. Is what I'm wondering. Oh, was it when Qui Gon died? Oh no, so close. Uh, no, that, that, or was no, it like? It, it, I was already, I was already like, no, it was actually happened in kind of a weird earlier part of the where he was like, uh, "Go save your father's life." <sighs> All right, I guess I, I can't get no. My mine's the. It was the. I think the very end of that second episode. Justice with yeah. uh, Dooku and Qui Gon. He looks over at Qui Gon and he goes, "You're a far wiser man than myself." Like Dooku, yeah, tells Qui Gon he's a wise. That got me. I don't know what happened in that moment, but I was like, "This transcends everything in animation." At yeah. this point, I was like blown away by that. Well, well, I don't know why. I guess I I don't know why that was so profound to me. I guess it's because Dooku is always just so sure about his own abilities and. Dooku says that to Obi Wan, and then too. like to give a compliment like that to Qui Gon, and then to really, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think he, like knows think he's Qui-Gon, on the wrong. I think path. Dooku did love Qui Gon. I think oh yeah, Dooku did really care about Qui Gon. Yeah, no, you were right. I mean, that's that was what turned him when he's when he died because he was the whole point of that was like there's a Sith Lord and you're not dispatching the whole Jedi Temple to go descend on this. Like you're just sending my mm-hmm. former Padawan like. He was that was the sticking point, And I love that detail. Yeah. That was like that makes a lot of sense. It's like, wh- yeah, why didn't why wasn't Mace Windu and Yoda and the best fighters in the Jedi Council and the Jedi there on the scene to investigate that hunting mm-hmm. that guy down? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just some stuff from Dooku was just really, really good. Like just a complex yeah. character. And that's those are my favorite characters, the, the ones that are just. Yeah brimming with complexities so that's uh yeah and it, it is it is an echo to what qui-gon says to obi-wan kenobi he he does say like in episode one must have been he was like you you know i predict you'll be a, a far wiser and a jedi than i'll be or yeah, yeah 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 no yeah um, yeah yeah it was just nice to see to hear him give someone a compliment just given 
Yeah. Just his character and how we see how he's portrayed. Yeah. In that first episode, Qui-Gon's a Jedi Knight, right? He doesn't have the Padawan braid, but he's kind of behaving like a Padawan, which is sort of wild. I don't know I why. Took it, I took it that was his pat. Those were his Padawan days. That... But he didn't have a Padawan braid. Huh. Is that, Maybe just that's also going to Jedi, be... just in... yeah, initiate Jedi initiate at this point, or just you again. Know... Dave Filoni making me do mental gymnastics. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't, really, I didn't really pick up on it. I just it was Liam Neeson. I discernibly, so I was like, okay, this is. Yeah, he's like shaggy hair, shaggy like dirty like. He like did, never has changed his look really. Like ever, yeah. always worn the, like the same Jedi robes. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah a little like baggy and like dirty, and he's just like whatever. Yeah, it's cool. I could I could watch stories about Qui Gon Jinn forever. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. So good. The voice acting was spot on. And then don't sleep on the Kevin Kleiner Kiner music. Like, yeah. Whew. Yeah. Just the Dooku music for Dooku's fall and Dooku arrives and just check out some of those tracks. They're like really, really good. Like we talk a lot about the Andor music that Nicholas Bratel is doing, but Kevin Kiner is also just. Yeah. Kiner's been doing it for a long time. Star and World. I love it. Some good competition there too. I think everyone's, you know, the rising tide raises all boats, all ships. Yeah, and Ludwig's sort of like yeah. this new charge to it all, where it's like it's the thing you can do more now. Like it's more electronic music. It's it's really great. Yeah, yeah, no, kind of did a great job. So, um, yeah, great stuff. Um, do you? Um, all right, so you, you're not going to go through the roundup for this thing, obviously. No, I don't think so. I don't think we oh. need a roundup for this. All right. Well, um, hey, great series. Um, we'll look forward to. Doing a quick catch up with Adam next week um, to get his uh, insights to all of this because I know he has a lot of good stuff to say. Um, but uh, yeah, we uh, be sure to check out our coverage this week of uh, Andor episode eight, uh, Nikina five. Um, that one also came out. We're just doing them in separate episodes so people can sort of focus and do their thing, um, and we you know don't have a three hour long episode. Um, so hope that works for you. Please, um, you know, give us a like a five-star like, if you could do that, that'd be super helpful, um, to us on whatever, um, pod listening service you're using. That would be awesome. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. We'll have episode nine. Maybe we got a prison break coming up. I don't know. Um, should be great. Fun, fun times, fun times. Can't wait. Um, so we'll talk to you then have a great week and may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. Yeah.